We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. And good morning and welcome in. This is Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, if you think we're a little late this morning, this is our new time. 9 o'clock till 11 every Saturday morning. And good morning to our buddy Bruce Levine. Good morning. Good morning, Mike, and uh, welcome to our new hours. Uh, you got that extra hour of sleep. I feel refreshed. We have the great uh, med- uh, sports medicine show with uh, Steve Cashel and Dr. Cole before us now. Of course, the golf show from 6 to 8. And then after our show, after 11 o'clock, uh, our good buddy Steve Rosenblum and you will t- take us all the way into the afternoon. So here we are talking baseball with you, Cubs and Sox, at the one-third pole of the baseball season. Your reaction at 312-644-6767. Text us at 6711. By the way, Mike, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's, your summer home for great food in Northbrook, the best restaurant, deli, and bakery in Chicagoland. Planning summer parties, Max and Benny's caters with discounts and free delivery with $200 or more in orders. Try Max and Benny's private dining room and meeting area, seating 10 to 150. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com. Corned beef, pastrami, lox, kids' camp lunches from Max and Benny's, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. And what a night for uh, the Chicago White Sox. And Danny Farquhar um, last night. Uh... And teams that I have no idea who's on the team. And um, it's been very special. Danny Farquhar last night uh, talking about coming back on the mound. First pitch after his uh, event, certainly the brain aneurysm that almost took his life. Thank goodness he's back and feeling well. Uh, Danny uh, was uh, talking to the media afterwards, Mike, and uh, he was uh, very, uh, you know, his thought process was a little bit slow, but he talked about what occurred and what happened on April 20th. Well, so what happened was I usually watch the game on TV in the bullpen and Shields was pitching. And I have zero recollection of him pitching that day because I do a lot of scouting on the TV based on his pitches, based on what guys are swinging at, their approaches, and everything. And I'm a big stickler on that stuff, and I had zero recollection. I asked uh, my buddy Nate Jones if I was acting funny that day, if I was complaining of a headache, if I was doing anything, and he said I was completely normal. Um, and then as far as my first memory in the hospital, shoot, I'd probably it's probably opening my eyes and seeing my wife. Um, I'm dealing with a lot of memory issues, so a lot of a lot of what I'm going through is a blur. Um, a lot of the past is a blur, so I get a free pass with my wife <laughs> on any issues because I got bad memory problems. Danny Farquhar last night, guaranteed rate field, talking about his return to the White Sox. It was a beautiful night, Mike. Uh, the entire team behind him on the mound, his family behind him, and uh, Danny talking to everybody about. Hopefully returning uh, first 
physically, mentally healthy altogether, and then hopefully in 2019 returning to the thing he loves most after his family playing baseball. This segment on Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Chicago Wolves are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. And definitely a nice scene with the Sox team members and uh, family members also there behind the Farquhars as he threw out the first pitch. And you forget what a traumatic injury. I mean, we report the news all the time, you know, what what's updated uh, on his condition. But you forget this guy had a major brain issue and, and stuff like he's just talking about. He doesn't have memories of certain things. He's working on getting all that back. So just to, to have him up and around and, and getting better and going through the rehabs certainly is, is a huge thing right now. And he added some levity in there that every guy knows about that's ever been married and talked about getting a free hall pass from yes. his wife. That was a nice You know, one. I don't remember, honey. I, I don't honey? remember what happened. In his case, mm-hmm. sadly, it's all true. Yep. And he's trying to regain all his skills. But he was in remarkable condition considering what he's been through uh, just six weeks ago. And uh, we wish him and his wife, Lexi, nothing but the best. It was a, it was a great night. The White Sox have done a marvelous job of – uh, showing Danny love and uh, the uh, national attention to this has been remarkable, honestly. Yeah, that first cut we played, you you heard him say, you know, he's heard from people all over baseball, teams he's never played on, players he's never heard of, teams he's never heard of. I'm sure some of the minor leagues and independent league teams that, you know, have sent gift packages or care packages or well wishes. Uh, it's a tight-knit community, the baseball one, and it is certainly nice uh, the way everyone has uh, tried to support Danny Farquhar. Inside the Clubhouse is your Chicago baseball show. Mike and I are with you every Saturday, 9 to 11, talking Chicago baseball. Chicago baseball right now at the one-third pole, Mike. Mm -hmm. Right exactly. Both teams have played 54 games. The Cubs are on pace for 93 and 69. Not too bad. Be a little bit better than last year. Right now, that would put them in the wild card in the National League, or one of the two wild cards. The White Sox... Right now, pacing at 51 and 111. Yikes. That's a little worse than we had anticipated. Yeah, but they did a big favor to the Cubs yesterday by uh, winning that game uh, soundly against um, the Milwaukee Brewers. Speaking of the Brewers, Bill Schroeder of their their TV analyst will be joining us in just a few minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. John Lester, live from New York, joining us at 10 o'clock on this show. If you haven't heard this show before, we welcome you and we invite you to join us at 312-644-6767. Text our buddy Mike at 67011. He'll read all that is worthy baseball-wise that he can on the air. Absolutely. And the Cubs uh, have been playing good ball of late. They've won the first two games against the Mets after winning the series in Pittsburgh. So they're now a season high eight over 500 at 31 and 23. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to John Lester about that, as you said, right after the uh, top of the 10 o'clock hour. Well, uh, we talk about the phone lines. And again, Mike, uh, 312-644-6767. Let's uh, head over to Rogers Park and talk to our friend Greg. There he is. Hey, Greg, good morning. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Morning. Thank you. Bruce, I really enjoy your articles in Vineline. You do a good, good job. Yeah, well, check us out also on 670thescore.com. A lot of great writing in all the sports and uh, I write on the Cubs and Sox every day as well, so thanks for that. Yeah. Bruce, my, my concern is with the pitching staff, especially the relievers. seems like under Basio, they're much more aggressive. They got first pitch strikes over, you know, strike one, strike two, and then maybe they'd waste a pitch. But with uh, Hickey, 
they, they always fall behind in the comics. Strope has just been brutal the last few outings, just absolutely throwing all these walks and everything. And they're, they're lucky to win because that could have been a disaster. And I, I wonder what, why is it so hard for them to get the concept go first pitch strike and then you know keep the ball. You know, it just seems like the the pitching staff and the bullpen's been just really bad with getting behind in the count. Well, Greg, uh, the Cubs are getting used to new styles from uh, three new bullpen guys and two starting pitchers. And, Mike, uh, when you look at Darvish, who's had trouble in first innings, we know in his uh, last outing he threw 39 pitches in the first inning against um, Cincinnati before he straightened out. Chatwood leads the uh, world in walks. It was a much better performance by him last night as he walked four, but uh, only two in the first five innings. So that last inning before he came out, he walked a couple. Uh, that was a little bit better. But uh, you got you, you have some nervous pitchers with the Chicago Cubs. There's no way around it. You have Darvish, who uh, now doesn't appear to be as healthy as he should be on the DL, probably until June 12th. Uh, you have Chetwood straightening himself out. Quintana's had his hits and misses for the most part. John Lester and uh, Hendricks have been nails all year long. I mean, they they pitched great, and Lester will be joining us in our second hour today as well, live from New York. So, I, I would um, I wouldn't be too too upset about the walks. They were a problem earlier. The pitching staff's looking a lot better. I'd, I'd be concerned about the attrition on the bullpen right now. If you if you have a general concern about the Chicago Cubs. Uh, look at the great bullpen. Now, they're third in uh, baseball in ERA, Mike, but um, the wear and tear has already caught up to Carl Edwards Jr., who's on the DL and may, might miss a month. And uh, appearances, there's a tremendous amount of appearances by the bullpen this early in the year with two-thirds of the season left. Well, and you mentioned Chatwood and you mentioned his walks, and you know we saw Randy Rosario last night. He pitched well. He got the win in the in the outing. Uh, but we'll talk more about the bullpen. We'll talk more about you, Darvish. We'll hear from Jed Hoyer and Ozzie Gian, And we'll hear from John Lester after 10 o'clock. But next, coming up, we will hear from Brewers TV analyst and former player Bill Schroeder. That's coming up next. It's Bruce and Mike here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. 919 on 670 The Score. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse. Talking Chicago baseball with you 52 weeks a year. 9 to 11 is our new time starting today. And we're glad to have you along Talk a little Cubs baseball, and that means talking a little Brewers baseball, Bruce Levine. We bring in the great analysts for TV for Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Our buddy Bill Schroeder joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Bill. And uh, unexpected what baseball, I guess, is all about. The fact that baseball's best National League team can lose to the American League's worst um, worst team uh, in the American League as well. So... From that perspective, it's the beauty of baseball, isn't it? Yeah. Well, again, you know, you can't win every game. I mean, you know, when you're playing in the major leagues, I mean, every team has the opportunity to beat another. And, you know, the Brewers have been really playing well. They've won six consecutive series, and two of those series have been, you know, three out of four. So they've been playing some really good uh, ball. I mean, all aspects of the game. I mean, uh, you know, defense has been very good. Pitching, bullpen has been particularly good. But, hey, you know, the White Sox – they came out swinging yesterday. They had three really good innings, and, uh, you know, they took it to the Brewers, and that's going to happen every now and again. So, you know, it's a good, young, hungry team that this uh, White Sox team has. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to get better. They're hungry. They run well. I mean, you can see them hustling every time they swing the bat, and it's good to see. How many games do you remember uh, the pitcher, uh, either the Brewers or the opposition, throwing 50 pitches in the first <laughs> inning 
and not losing a ball. I don't remember. First of all, I don't. I've remembered some forty fives, forty sevens. I know Samarja. Yeah. Samarja had forty seven. Uh, Volquez had forty nine a couple years ago, but I don't remember a fifty. Yeah, well, either why. I mean, that, that wears a pitcher out. I mean, first inning. I mean, to come out of the bullpen and throw that many. I mean, pitchers will tell you that. You know, you have an inning like that first right out of the bullpen. I mean, it's going to wear you down. You guys really not into the swing of things yet out on the mound, and and it's just one of those things. But um, you know, hey, you know, starting pitching is not the big story these days anyway. You know, I mean, you get a guy going five, five and two thirds. I mean, what's the major league average right now? It's between five and six innings, right? For right. A starting pitcher. I mean, you know, the emphasis, you know, is on bullpens. There's a lot of good bullpens out there. The Brewers have the best bullpen as far as earned run average goes, and in baseball now leaking oil a little bit of oil last couple of games they gave up four runs to the white Sox uh yesterday talking about that bullpen but you know their bullpen earned run average you know less than two and a half they they lead all the baseball and wins out of the bullpen they have 17 but um again you know starting pitching and again who made all the money in the offseason i mean it's basically the guys working out of the bullpen and we're not talking you know just closers we're talking middle relievers you know lefty specialists and and that type of thing. But, you know, the game of baseball is nothing like it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it certainly is the way the game is going. Bill Schroeder from Brewers TV joins us here on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, speaking of bullpens, uh, Josh Hader in the back end of your bullpen, wherever he is uh, deployed, uh, the man is a, a real weapon out of, out of the, the back end of that bullpen. Just incredible stuff. I mean, you know, p- part of a bullpen that's been really good all season long, you know, you're going to have – Ups and downs, but the first two months, incredible. You know, Craig Council is kind of going back to the old days, back to the Raleigh Fingers, you know, Goose Gossage days and getting multiple innings out of a lot of his guys in the bullpen. Just about everybody will give you multiple innings, except maybe Boone Logan, Corey Knable, although Corey can. But, you know, what what it's basically been is, you know, you get Josh Hader, you know, in the game, he'll give you two innings and two-plus innings, and then Craig has been giving him a couple of days off. So he'd be available today. Um, but just in- incredible stuff, you know, and with, with all the strikeouts, he's averaging nearly 20 strikeouts <laughs> for nine innings. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't stuff. it? I mean, and, 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 you know, and most people think he's throwing 98 miles an hour. He's not. He's throwing 94 to 95, you know, miles an hour on an average day. It's just his release point, the fact that he has really good command, and he's starting to break out. You know, sliders and change-ups. So, you know, hitters beware. This kid's something else, and he's such a good kid, too. He's very respectful. You know, he always has time for everybody, and uh, you just hope that that continues. But, um, you know, you got Hader that's been doing a bang-up job. He's getting all the press, but, you know, Jeremy Jeffers has been you know, just as good. You look at Jeremy's numbers, they're in run average at about a point six right now, and um, just uh, just incredible what stuff. And again, you know that kind of success is not going to last all season long. But you got to enjoy it while it's going on. Bill Schroeder of Milwaukee Brewers TV and a longtime Brewer played in the post the first year after the you know, uh, Harvey's Wall Bangers back yeah. in '82. That was your rookie season. I remember you had a pretty good year too, and. Yeah. And also, um, been around Milwaukee baseball, you know, for 35 years. So yeah. this, this guy knows it up and down. Bill, uh, when you um, look at the uh, Cubs and Brewers right now, what lessons do you think were learned, if any, that you can take from one year to the next, both for the guys remaining, because you do have yeah. uh, new players, and yeah. uh, Craig Council, who I thought um, – there was a great learning curve for, and I have great respect for as a manager yeah. right now. 
Uh, Counts has been tremendous. I mean, just the way he's working the bullpen. And, you know, any baseball quote-unquote expert will tell you that, you know, you know the, the sign of a really good manager these days is, and it's always been that way, you know, how you how you handle your bullpen sure. and, and bullpen use and, and, and don't use guys too early in the season, you know, so you're going to have them, you know, in August and September. But, um, you know, Counts got some manager of the year votes last year. Um, and I think he's been has been tremendous. When you look at all the injuries that the Brewers have had, I mean, everybody's battling through injuries. But you know, for the injuries that the Brewers have had, you know, Jimmy Nelson still hasn't thrown a pitch. He's re- recovering from surgery. You know, Zach Davies on the DL again. He just got put on the DL again yesterday. Um, there's guys in the starting rotation. Guys, you know, they've had injuries. You know, Thames is out for an extended period of time. Braun's been on a deal. Bottom line is everybody's dealing with that, but the way Counts has been able to use, and David Stearns, the general manager, the depth of the organization has been put to the test, and it's worked out pretty well. But in response to the Cubs, I mean, you know, the Brewers have lost 22 games this year, and seven of those have come at the hands of the Cubs. And, you know, nothing nothing stings more guys from Milwaukee than to know that the Cubs have dominated. You just shut us out for it. Uh, five times this year so you know the division is going to go through chicago they're the defending champs and that's ultimately going to be you know where it comes down to the brewers have to figure out a way to beat the cubs right now the cubs have their number and um you know if they if the brewers hope to you know stay in contention and win this division they're going to have to figure out a way to beat them bill you, you talked about uh the gm and some of the uh, moves in the offseason really seem to be panning out specifically uh you got to love that top of that order with Kane and Yelich and obviously two key cogs uh, of what uh, the Brewers did this offseason. Can you talk about the effect they've had, not only on the on-the-field results, but I know they're both uh, good clubhouse guys as well. Yeah, you know, especially Lorenzo Kane. I mean, this guy's a consummate pro. I mean, everybody, I think we knew in Milwaukee that, you know, he started his career with the Brewers, you know, and he got traded over in Kansas City in that Granky deal. You know, back in in the off season in eleven, but um, you know, he he just handles himself extremely well. He wants to play every day. He, he can help you win in so many different ways. I mean, the way he runs down baseballs in the outfield, he's never really a guy that you see a lot on the highlights because he ha- gets such a good jump. He understands, you know, hitters and he understands how they're getting pitched, and he gets such a great jump. And there's a perfect example yesterday. There was a ball hit in the right center. Oh, yeah. Domingo Santana's ball. He lost mm-hmm. it. He never saw it. And right out of the gates, I mean, as soon as that ball was hit, I mean, I think Kane had a sense that there was something going on with Domingo. Didn't see it. I mean, he raced. I mean, he had to go, you know, I don't know how far it was, but it was incredible. Able to make the catch out in the gap. So that kind of thing, you know, the hustle, you know, and he just wants to win. And he's put together really good at bats. And I talk about Yelich in the same regard. You know the effect that they've had on the approach for the Brewers, who are starting to do much better runners in scoring position. That's that's something all of baseball, you know, has been has been down over the years. It's all about the home runs, but you know, Kane Yellett's great on base percentages. I mean, they they put a good swing on the baseball with two strikes, and that's had a great effect both on and off the field with this team. And one of the reasons why the Brewers are so, have been playing so well so far. In closing with you, Bill, and Mike and I appreciate you uh, joining us today. Um, As as far as uh, Milwaukee Brewers fans and the team in general, is is there a a chip on the shoulder when it comes to the Cubs? Is there an inferiority feeling whatsoever? (laughs) What's your take on it? I want to beat the Cubs, and I think Cubs want to beat the Brewers, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it is. And I think the Brewers – you know, fans, I think that, uh, you know, they take it personally when, uh, you know, the Cubs, 
you know, dominate them like they have so far this year, though, that can turn around, you know, things turn around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you want to unseed the champ, whoever that is. And back in the days when the Cubs weren't, you know, winning divisions and getting to the playoffs, it was the St. Louis Cardinals that you had to, you know, dethrone. And, and right now, because the Cubs, you know, are, are the champs and they're, they're the guys you have to beat to, you know, get to the postseason. Yeah, there's a chip for sure. I mean, I think the fans enjoy the rivalry. I think you see a lot, tons of fans at Cubs fans at Miller Park and, uh, you know, Wrigley Field. You hear a lot of Brewers fans as well. So it's, it's a great rivalry. We all enjoy it a lot. Bill, make the bus. Uh, we gave you 23 extra seconds. So uh, I'll see you out at the ballpark, Mike, and I appreciate it. And uh, hey, enjoy the rest of the series, okay? Yeah, anytime, guys. I appreciate the call. All right, thanks. thanks. Bill Schroeder of Brewers TV joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. New hours, 9 to 11. So stick with us. We have plenty more on the show, including John Lester at the top of the next hour. That segment with Bill brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season tickets on sale now at nusport.com. And Bruce, it's certainly shaping up. And and Bill mentioned the Cubs' success head-to-head against the Brewers this year. But it's shaping up to be quite a summer in the National League Central. Uh, lots of uh, back-and-forth I-94 uh, drives uh, for, for lots of baseball fans this summer as as they, they appear to be the two class teams of the division so far. I love it, Mike, the the fact that the Brewers, Cardinals, and Pirates, who seem to be hanging in there by a thread, uh, they don't seem to have enough pitching, but some of their starters are, are really good. Um, this could be, you know, one of those great division series, you know, s- situations where they're, you know, like a couple of years ago where uh, three teams won 97 or more mm-hmm. games. Back in yep. 2015, you had... The Cardinals with 100. You had uh, Pittsburgh with 97, 99. You had the uh, Cubs with 97. That was some fun. And this year, because there's also uh, Central Division play in the American League for inter in, uh, for uh, for you know interleague interleague play, play you have a, a situation where uh, it's just all Midwest baseball, which is an awful lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, you, you talk about uh, the way the, the division is shaping up, excluding the Reds. Everyone else is within five and a half games of each other. Out West, Arizona was super hot and now super cold. The Dodgers just put Kershaw back on the DL again, so but they're ha- kind of hanging in there. Atlanta, Philly, and Washington in the East. So you got a lot of teams kind of bunched in together if you look numbers-wise in the National League. You Darvish is a big topic that we want to get to now with you. Uh, your input, uh, Sox and Cubs, always here at three one two six four four six seven six seven. Darvish goes on the DL. Our projected time of him coming off uh, without any setbacks, Mike, is June twelfth. Okay, that, yep. they're, they're going to have to get by without him. Triceps inflammation MRI did not show any type of. Uh, thing going on other than inflammation. So he's supposed to start a throwing program here either tomorrow or early next week and hopefully work toward the uh, next start for him. And it's it's huge for the Cubs to get him straightened out. Ozzie Guillen, uh, a guest every Thursday on Mully and Hanley. He was on this Thursday. And uh, he had some thoughts about you, Darvish, and where he's at right now. You know what I say? I go to the interpreter and say, tell him, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. People here are hard-nosed fans. They don't care what happened yesterday. They only care about today. Uh, you know, fans and media here, it's just like the weather. 
they get into in and out, in and out. You play good one day, they they put you in the in the, in the ceiling. They put you by the next day, they bury you. Ozzy knows pretty well what it's like to be on top. He's and, experienced it all firsthand, right? Bottom. He's he's been through an awful lot here. Uh, he he also you know talked a little bit more about uh, what Darvish might have in his head. What's going on with him right now? When you come back to pitch, start over. Don't worry about what happened in the past. We're going to need you from from the first day you come back from the deal to the end. We the, the thing you've done in the past is over with. You got to start over. Don't worry about anybody thing here. Any. Thing happening on the field, I take the blame. I'm the one pitching you. I'm the one playing you. We are the one give you the money. Just go out there and worry about your game. Don't worry about anything else. And you wonder uh, with Darvish with one win so far, Mike, uh, what's what's going on in, in his head trying to live up to that $126 million contract? Yeah, it's a tough thing to do. And you talk about Ozzy as to how he thought Darvish fits into a rotation. I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm saying I just not not the type, you know what I mean? It's not the type of guy and fit out my my to be the number two, number three guy in the rotation. I believe me, he's a lot of scouts better than me, GMs, managers, but it was my opinion when I see him pitch like, well, it's another one in the street. More Darvish talk. We'll talk about the ascension of a great young ball player, Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox. Everything Cubs, Sox, Chicago baseball here, 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 6711. At the top of the hour, John Lester will continue to talk Chicago baseball until 11 o'clock. And we'll hear from GM Jed Hoyer in the next segment as we continue our Darvish discussion here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. And welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Alongside Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. We'll hear from Jed Hoyer talking about you, Darvish. We'll continue our Cubs pitching discussion, and we'll continue talking to you. And we have the baseball draft coming up on Monday. Yes, we do. Chicago White Sox pick fourth. The Cubs are 24th. White Sox uh, could be taking a catcher, a third baseman, a second baseman, all kinds of surprises. Uh, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, we talked to Nick Hostetler last week yep. on our show, the scouting director for the White Sox. He talked at U.S. or I'm sorry, guaranteed rate yesterday mm-hmm. uh, about uh, where they're going to go. They're going for best athlete available, best baseball athlete available. Cubs, uh, Jed uh, and Jason McLeod also told us they would be going in the same way when they picked 24. So plenty to talk about all baseball here on Inside the Clubhouse between 9 and 11, our new hours. Thanks for joining us. And let's get out to the phones. We have plenty of callers wanting to talk about both teams on both sides of town. We start on the south side with the White Sox. Carlos Rodon question, it looks like, from our buddy Ron. Hey, Ron, good morning. Hey, look here. Different times, same great program. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank here. you. We'll use that as a promo. We appreciate oh, okay. it, Ron. Uh, um, I want to ask you guys, have you all heard anything about Rodon Star? I read earlier this week that it could have possibly been Sunday, but I'm sure that's probably not going to take place. We might have heard some about but But also, I was thinking about Kopech. I really, and I hope Rodon guys comes back and is healthy. I do look forward to it. If Kopech joins the rotation in which you have a low pass in there. And, and, but, but Bruce, I want to ask you a question in terms of developing a young player. I know what him and is, is 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 doing in the minor leagues, but is it possible that he could still develop a little better as far as as as, as defense? I could kind of see an argument for him being there a little longer as opposed to 
cold pack with a, with a, with a pitcher, you're pitching. And the only way you're going to learn, you know, the pitching is major league right. pitching is doing it. So those, those are my comments, but uh, maybe you can respond to it. Have a great, great day, guys. All right. Thank you, Ron. One of our great uh, listeners and callers responding in our new time between 9 and 11. He's, he's right. He's going to slide right into a promo for that one. Look, Mike, uh, the situation Ron asked about is um, – Player development can happen at the major league level. It can happen in the minor leagues. I don't necessarily agree that Kopech um, uh, is more ready than uh, Jimenez. I think both of them are going to be up in July. The thing to watch with uh, Kopech, and, and you get to watch him pitch because uh, there is uh, plenty of TV and, a, and a video available on him, is, is is he not walking people? Is he commanding his changeup? That's the final piece of the equation for him to pitch in the major leagues. Jimenez, I expect to see in July after the All-Star game. And that's going to be a real shot in the arm yep. for the franchise and for the fans to come out and see hopefully a new young superstar ready to play at guaranteed rate every day. And he was uh, just this week named uh, White Sox Minor League Player of the Month for May. He only batted three seventy four with 11 doubles, a triple, six homers, 25 RBIs, and 17 runs scored in May. The fun of this guy it's is not, fun. It's not only what he's going to be doing out there, Mike, but the fact that... He is a great energizer when it comes to uh, the clubhouse, and he is an engaging guy to talk to both in Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, uh, it, it can't be oversold right now that the, some of the stars of the Chicago White Sox don't speak English. Uh, you have a Brayu that you, you rarely hear from other than in print or online. And same thing with Mancata. So, uh, you know, they're both working hard to learn their English, and, and they're great young men that are uh, contributing. But when you have a, a superstar of the, the quality of a Jimenez coming up and bilingual, that is going to be uh, something that is going to help sell the White Sox and make it more exciting for the Sox fans. And having Rodon back is going to be huge, too, and that should be very shortly, as as Ron uh, pointed out uh, uh, in his call. Let's get out to Highland Park. Brad is up next on the score and inside the clubhouse. Hey, Brad, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to talk about the draft. Um, it doesn't seem like there are really any big stars. They were talking, I was reading some stuff, and it said the Sox were interested in a second baseman. Right. But they compared him to Ian Kingsler. That doesn't sound like a great, great star at number four. Um, it seems like people are emphasizing more not striking out and on base percentage than home run hitters or or great base dealers, or even great pitchers. It sounds like that pitcher, Singer, might have a chance to be a star. What do you think? Yeah, he might be there. Uh, and the right-hander is uh, the right-handed pitcher is uh, as Brady Singer that he's talking about, Mike. Yep. And uh, I think it's Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Nick Madrigal is the second baseman he's talking about out of Oregon State. Uh, he's kind of a pepper pot guy that uh, hits well, runs well, defends well, but not. Like he said, uh, there's not a lot of superstars out there. There's so. no Griffey Jr. at the top of this draft. No, there's but, no but it's, a, it's a strong draft, yep. and both scouting directors for the Cubs and for the White Sox have said that it's strong all the way for, through the first three rounds. So mm-hmm. uh, the White Sox pick uh, three times in those rounds. Cubs, uh, I think, three as well. Uh, they haven't given up any, and they haven't lost any. So in those first uh, 90 picks – both teams are likely to get three players that can be projected toward the major leagues. I know when we talked to Nick Hostetler of the White Sox uh, scouting director last week, he almost sounded more excited, and not that you're not going to be excited about fourth overall, but 
you know, that second and third pick, because they're going to come so early in the draft, he sounded very pumped up about those selections as well. Locally, Alec Thomas, uh, Alan Thomas, who's a strength and conditioning coach for the Chicago White Sox son, a great looking young player, center fielder, good arm, can fly, has power. Uh, he's going to go toward uh, the end of the first round and maybe uh, early second round. You'd love to see him end up with the Chicago team. Um, is it possible the Cubs would draft him? I think there's a possibility. Hey. Uh, you know, again, a high school player who has full ride uh, ability to go to any school he wants to, uh, but Alex wants to play baseball. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see where he goes. Draft Monday, 6 o'clock. We'll have full coverage ourselves. Uh, Lawrence Holmes will be doing a show at that time. We'll have uh, full online coverage as well. 312-644-6767. If you'd like to jump into our discussion, we'll continue our Darvish discussion and hear from Jed Hoyer uh, in a minute. But first, Rolling Meadows. John is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know, um, I'm going to the Sox game on Sunday. I want to get a close-up look, a closer look at the White Sox, of course, the future. But right now, I want to get a good look at the Brewers, and I want to see Kane play. I think having an everyday uh, leadoff man for the Brewers that will probably steal more bases per, you know, himself that, than the Cubs will as a team. This guy gets on base. He's the guy that stirs the drink. Then you got Yelich and Braun and Shaw. Aguilar's hitting the tar out of the ball. Santana, if he comes back and has a year like last year, and Perez can come in and play third in the outfield, I think having Kane on that team is going to be a bigger pain in the Cubs' butt down the road than they might think. I mean, this guy loves to play. He gets on base. He's got the green light to steal whenever he wants, when he can figure out what's going on. As he gets to know the pitchers in the National League better, I think he's going to be a bigger pain down the road because, you know, he's athletic. And if you saw that play last night that he made out in uh, right, that was in, amazing. Uh, yeah, we right had, center field. We had Bill Schroeder, oh on, Bill Schroeder from the Brewers TV uh, booth on with us, and he talked about uh, just uh, backing up that play and ending up uh, being able to catch it because the right fielder couldn't. Uh, that was a huge play uh, last night. And uh, – John, we appreciate your call. John makes a great point, uh, Mike. The two guys leading the Milwaukee Brewers in runs scored are Kane and Yelich. First One, hitter, two in the order, second yep. hitter. The two guys leading them in on-base percentage are Kane at 390, Yelich at 377. So that is a very potent amount, a part of their um, their batting order and a change for the Brewers going forward. Guys that get on base, guys that score runs, guys that can run the bases, it's its huge for them. It nope. really is. Milwaukee has a very solid lineup. And to a texter question, uh, where is it here from the 773, asking uh, about Rodon's last rehab start. It was a very good start. 86 pitches, 58 for strikes. It was his third rehab start. No earned runs and 8 Ks. So a nice uh, so pattern for Rodon. We don't expect to see him Sunday. We haven't been told. He is going to pitch Sunday, probably at AAA, unless we hear otherwise. Otherwise, uh, next week when the White Sox are on the road, I would expect with with no uh, hiccups that uh, Rodon joins the rotation and uh, that he's impactful there. And, and things can change. Uh, as early as July, as when, when you have Rodon back, 
when you have the possibility of COPEC coming up sometime in July or August, you have the ascension of Lopez, you see Giolito getting straightened out a little mm-hmm. bit. It can be a much different and better team uh, projected down the line. A lot of things have to happen, but uh, better things can be happening on the south side in that rotation. 312-644-6767 if you'd like to check in. Uh, we'd also, you talk about getting straightened out. We want to get to the U Darvish stuff as well before we welcome in John Lester at the top of the hour. Uh, Jed Hoyer on with Bernstein and McKnight on Thursday, and uh, amongst the topics of conversation was was Mr. Darvish, and uh, certainly uh, it had come out that morning, I believe, in in the newspaper, uh, the Chris Jimenez comments about Darvish uh, feeling that the fans hate him. Yes, and and, and indeed, uh, I don't. I think hate's a strong word, yes. but Mr. Hoyer. Uh, Alludes to that uh, when he talked to uh, Bernstein and McKnight. All players I've been around that sign a big contract or or part of a big trade, I think they they really want to please when they come in. I think there's a level of of pressure um, a player puts on themselves, and I think that you know I think that's really what it stems from. So you know I think he's struggled so far this year at times. He's been on the DL twice, and he feels like he's not living up to expectations. And I think with that um, comes a lot of frustration. A lot of frustration, but uh, the Cubs still have a great belief in the fact that uh, once he gets his shoulder or this tendonitis out of his triceps, that things are going to be okay. And uh, Hoyer talked a little bit about more expectations for Darvish. I didn't really read it as any kind of revelation. I think that you know, every player I've ever been around that's come into a new setting and and hasn't performed immediately you know, sort of has those feelings and has those thoughts. You know, Chris articulated them and, and people ran with them, but I think this is a very natural, normal um, emotion to have when you go into a new situation. And Jed uh, also talked, uh, Bruce, that the last thing uh, that we want to play for you here is, and it makes sense, right? They're not going to throw him out there in May or June, for that matter, unless they are 100% certain that the guy is okay. I think with him, I think he... You know, he talked about making that start. You know, we knew about it early in the week that, you know, his bullpen session hadn't gone that well and that, you know, he was um, he was struggling a little bit. And um, the last thing you want to do in May is to push a guy too hard and, and have him and have him miss more time. Um, but, I think, yeah, I think it's difficult. Everyone has a different pain tolerance. Proving yourself at the major league level, Mike, is one thing. Proving yourself on a championship caliber team, mm-hmm. making a lot of money like Chatwood, like Darvish, like we saw with John Lester, who we hope to talk to at the top of the hour, like we've seen with Hayward. It's not an easy process because people come down on you regardless of where you're at, and it always comes back to the dollars spent. Mm -hmm. You're not worth it. I mean, imagine walking in here every day and (laughs) Mitch Rosen says to you, you know, Mike, uh, that was a bad segment. You you know, you're not worth it right now. So you suck. Go back to let's see if you can do a better segment in your next segment. Uh Uh, That type of pressure on athletes or anybody who works is just too difficult. And uh, nobody gets a slide because uh, Cubs fans' expectations are high and they expect their team to win. They've been spoiled. They've averaged 95 wins over the last three years. That hadn't been done with the Chicago Cub team in over 100 years. And, and I'd like to mention, too, you talk about free agent signings. Uh, one of the, I don't want to say under the radar, because he's certainly a key player for the Cubs. This is year three for Ben Zobrist. Or as Joe Madden has now uh, coined him last night, Ponce de la Zobrist, uh, as he is finding the fountain of youth at age 38. Is that what he is? 37, 8, whatever it is. We'll, we'll double check that, but... 
Uh, Zobrist really lighting a fire on that lineup at the top. Let's squeeze uh, one more call in before we head to a short break, and then we hopefully pick it up with John Lester out of the break. Let's do that. We'll head to Bloomington. Riles is up on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Riles. Hi, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I want to talk about Schwarber a little bit and uh, get a little I told you so in. I thought he was going to be at least a serviceable outfielder, and I'd have to say he's more than serviceable. I'm not sure if he's leading the league in assists, but the scouts better get out there and, and tell the opponents of the Cubs do not try to take a base on him because – Number one, he'll throw you out. Number two, he's getting to the ball really well on that one play about a week ago yeah. where he did the slide going towards the line and came up, and he just threw a seed to second base. He's fantastic. And and the other thing I like about Schwarber, he's just a winner. Uh, for a big man, he moves really well. He has got good instincts on the bases, and uh, he's just performing very well. He's not hitting 300, and I'm, I'm not sure that he will. That's his goal. But uh, he's he's really doing a good job. You're right, and uh, Mike, uh, he doesn't have to hit 300. If he hits 260 and he slugs, you know, 500, 550, gets on base 35 percent of the time, that's going to be good enough. If he's an 8 850 OPS guy, that's going to be great. And uh, you know, he's up there leading the team in home runs. He's uh, a couple notches below in RBI. Uh, Rizzo's leading the team in RBI, mm-hmm. but he's right there with Bryant. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Baez is leading the team and the league in RBI, and then followed by Rizzo. So the run production is coming for the Chicago Cubs. You can see it. It's a it's a good thing, and uh, we will continue to talk Sox, Cubs, everything Chicago baseball, and hopefully talk to John Lester coming up. Schwarbs, real quickly, with an 885 OPS right now, batting 253 with 10 home runs. I know the Cubs brass would take that all day, right? We'll uh, hope to talk to John Lester when we come back. You've got Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito on Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 